0: online, on Radio Player, and on 106.6 FM. This is Wickham Sound, the Wickham Wanderers Show. Good
1: evening and welcome to the latest edition of the Wickham Wanderers Show uh, with myself, Colin and Bob. you'll notice, I haven't uh, numbered it this week. No, I was waiting for that bit. We're not counting, but if you are counting, it was eight last week. Okay, thank you for that.
2: Uh, Yes, we have got lots of good stuff coming up, so we will be reviewing the win over Sheffield Wednesday. And the win over Birmingham City. Six
1: points. Two wins, back-to-back. Two wins, back-to-back since we were last on air. What is going on? How fantastic. What a time to be alive. first away win in the championship uh, which followed the first win in the championship whatever next.
2: And obviously lots has happened actually since we were last here so Gareth has been rushed to hospital uh, to have a back operation Uh, Sheffield Wednesday have had their points deduction halved uh, which meant that we sort of like were were a little bit of a yo-yo yesterday in the division Uh, we were 23rd for for the beginning uh, then dropped down to 24th just before kick off but luckily uh, our victory last night then lifted us up to 22nd
1: and a new signing has arrived, also called Gareth. Yes, indeed, with an A rather than an E.
2: <laughs> uh, we are going to be hearing on tonight's show from Pete Kuhick, the Chief Financial Officer of Wickham Wanderers.
1: And lots more besides, also from the manager as well, who spoke to uh, Matt Cecil on the uh, Chairboys Live this week as well, which will be fantastic to hear from him and uh, see how he's doing in his recuperation. Uh, we'll be hearing from uh, David Wheeler and Scott Cashkett as well. But first... It seems a long time ago, doesn't it, Saturday? Yeah, I know.
2: We always say that, don't we? <laughs> but... But it did. It, it, <laughs> it was a while ago, the, the game against Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, it, was, it was a right blowy old affair um, at Adams Park. Um, it definitely was a bit of a match as well. You know, Whereas where some of the other games, particularly like Watford, Norwich, uh, Reading, you've really got the impression of quality sort of like from the opposition, and very much we, went, we, we lifted our game to that quality. Saturday's game against Sheffield Wednesday it was a sort of bottom of the table scrap um, but again you know we, we were fantastic we competed well throughout um, and, and definitely were well worth our win and
1: well, when did you know Gareth wasn't going to be in charge
2: um, so uh, that was when I arrived at the ground um, I suddenly heard heard whispering rumours uh, that Gareth wasn't around so I thought right actually do you know what I'm going to do I'm going to go and speak to Matt Cecil um, and actually managed to get, get an interview with Matt um, and he was being very calm about it all and was saying well yes you know Gareth has had a a problem with his back for quite a while now. Um, you know, it's all in hand, everything is fine, uh, not wanting to panic everyone. Um, and of course, you know, Do- Dobbo has been in charge before, so um, uh, an away game at Accrington back in 2014, I think it was, uh, when Gareth was ill, um, which we drew. Um, so, you know, this, this isn't completely unprecedented, but clearly, actually, then what we've learned since, uh, and what we'll hear from Gareth a bit later on in the show, um, is that, yeah, actually, you know, it, it, it did sound slightly more dramatic than possibly it was, it was being made out before the Game against Sheffield Wednesday,
1: and so nice to get the win. Such great reward for, as we've spoken about in previous episodes of the program, where refereeing decisions haven't gone our way, where you know goals that should possibly have been given haven't been, and all sorts of other uh, things which have, have gone against the team's favour.
2: Yes, and I think it's you know it's such a good reward because all of us who have seen all of those games, where whether you are you know part of the club or whether you're you're a fan. We knew that actually, you know, we were all in a bit of a false position. And, you know, and everyone was sort of saying, you know, there have been some horrible media um, sort of like, you know, slatings of Wickham over the last couple of weeks. You know, what on earth are they doing in the division? One journalist saying, you know, we were stinking out the bottom of the championship or something, which was just vile anyway. Um, but, you know, we all knew that actually, well, no, it, we weren't being completely outclassed. Uh, you know we we were just being a little bit unlucky maybe you know slightly naive in those first couple of games but really we were playing really well we were competing um, and yeah was a, certainly we weren't getting some decisions and we, you know we were just being a little bit unlucky last two games that's completely changed um you know we definitely deserved the win over Sheffield Wednesday and we deserved the win last night as well um probably Birmingham was you know, edged it in the first half and clearly you know they went in one up at half time uh, but second half performance from the chairboys last night was absolutely fantastic, and Birmingham couldn't cope with
1: us. And so, you spoke to uh, the assistant manager uh, on Saturday.
2: I did indeed, uh, yes. So, uh, I started off by asking Richard um, what part Captain Cook had played in the, the victory over Sheffield Wednesday.
3: Yeah, so it was something that we, um, we looked at at the start of the season, uh, as, as we were framing the season, we, we spoke about Captain Cook's four ships. So when he, he was out on these voyages of discovery, we said, this is a voyage of discovery for this football club. And, um, the four ships uh, were called Resolution, Endurance, Discovery, and Adventure. And, um, yeah, we said these are the, the four traits that we're going to need to go and attack this division in. Um, the, you know, there's certainly going to be a sense of adventure for us. We're going to have to discover and learn very quickly, and endeavour and resolution, resilience is what this club's all about. So we've got to bring that to the fore because that's our strength. And I, I, I certainly think that those four things came into play today in our performance.
2: Definitely, I mean, you know, for, for periods of the game you were under quite a lot of pressure and you soaked that up so
3: well. Yeah, absolutely delighted with the way we defended today. Um, you know, they threw caution to the wind and, and quite early in the second. Half as well, so we we had to deal with that, and I just tweaked the formation a little bit just to deny a little bit of space. And um, they were they were just sort of throwing crosses in; they didn't really create anything clear cut um but the 2 cent centre-halves once again magnificent um, in dealing with danger and and rocky commanded his box well today so um it, you know from from back to front i thought we put a real shift in david wheeler's had quite some weeks so, so he was uh,
2: helping to to feed school kids on thursday and friday and then scored the goal today
3: yeah maybe that's karma maybe he's got a little bit back for for what he deserves he's a he's a terrific lad dave wheeler a real a deep thinker and um I, I really enjoy having conversations with him you know um he he's a he's a bright lad and uh you know very intelligent so um, absolutely delighted for him that he's got the goal today it's something that we'd worked on and we'd spoken about and um, he's nailed it when it when we needed it.
1: Really pleasing for uh, David Wheeler as well.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Uh, you know, David Wheeler, uh, as we said, you know, did, did fantastic things last week. Uh, and I know that, that he will say, you know, that, that actually, you know, he was only a small part to play, uh, but he was behind the initiative um, that ended up uh, where the club were giving away free takeaway food. Um, and I also spoke to him after the game as well. I won't keep you very long because I know that you've had an ice bath and I'm cold. (laughs) You know, just even thinking about that. Yeah. What what a fantastic result today.
0: Yeah, yeah, really, really chuffed, really happy. Um, Yeah, I think I think we we deserved it today. I think we we defended incredibly well all over the pitch, and uh, we were we were dangerous. We had we had a few other chances that on another day go in. So, yeah, like I, I think it's it's positive moving forward
2: we're so used to seeing either JJ scoring from a corner or Anthony Stewart putting them in are, are you trying to add your name to that list
0: yeah definitely like I think you know I've, I've done it in the past so I, like I I'm happy that I've, like, I've got the goal today and hopefully I can I can keep adding to that
2: uh, you've had a fantastic week as well uh, clearly you've scored the goal today you've also been instrumental in the uh, the meals campaign on Thursday and Friday
0: yeah yeah i mean my contribution was relatively small in in comparison to a lot of other people like so much went went into it from you know uh rob rob running with it from the start and uh people donating the food and donating their time um it was a huge huge collective effort in the community that that, that brought it all together and you know the thing that comes out of it is that lots of hungry kids lots of hungry people in the community get fed and you know there's there's nothing much better than that from a from a moral point from an ethical standpoint like and like for the club to have that impact in the community i think is is such a positive thing
2: it's Uh, one of the wonderful things i think that football can do a football club can do
0: uh yeah i couldn't agree more i couldn't agree more and like i think you know we have that platform you know as as a club and as as players that we can we can do that with with you know not a great deal of effort from definitely from from my perspective so yeah like i'm really i'm really pleased that we 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 got it done and you know hopefully we can move on towards you know the christmas period when people are really going to Going to need some help that we can we can do whatever we can.
1: It does sound uh, really nice of uh, David Wheeler too, as we say, not only get involved with the the free school uh, the free lunches, but, uh, but also of course to, to to play such a key role in that game as well.
2: Yes, yeah, absolutely. You know, he, he did play really really well. Um, obviously, got the goal, um, and yeah, you know, I mean, just the the whole team uh, just, uh, just seemed to improve every week. Uh, in particular, you know, the the lonies have been fantastic. But what's really really impressive actually is how the other players. Have come up to their level, you know. You're not watching it really thinking, "Wow," you know. I mean, possibly with Anish Mometti slightly, who just is one of those talents. But you know, but, but everybody else, you know, Dennis Odenron just fitted in so well, um, and the other, you know, the other players are playing so well around him, um, which I, you know, again is credit to them because you know some of these guys obviously will, with us in League Two and they're, they're competing in, you know, in the Championship. Scott Cashcat you know, looks looks like a, a Championship player, possibly ready to go up the, you know, uh, up to the next level.
1: Fast forward to Wednesday night, and so, so eventful as well, obviously we knew at this point that uh, that Gareth wasn't going to be in charge for this game but we heard before kick-off that Sheffield Wednesday had, had their points deduction at halved which meant that Wickham started the game, bottom of the table
2: Yes, I know, um, and uh, Dombo did admit that actually he wasn't aware of that beforehand um, so, you know, because you did wonder, well is that actually going to be the thing that's going to, you know uh, sort of like spur them on tonight, but no apparently, uh, because it, you know it didn't actually happen until about 7 o'clock from what I understand that the news came through that Sheffield Wednesday's points deduction Being halved Um, So yeah I I don't think the players Were particularly aware of it Certainly uh, Dobbo said That he wasn't
1: Um, It must must have been A bit of a concern as well that, That to go behind as well
2: Yes, yeah, uh, and you know, and you did think. Oh, I, I mean, it, it wasn't a, a, a say like Norwich or Blackburn or anything where where you then thought, oh goodness me, okay, you know, this is now going to be uh, quite a, a tough game because we had competed well in the first half. Albeit, you could see that you know Birmingham had got um, probably slightly more skill and talent in in their side, but we definitely had had the belief. Um, and the thing that really changed the game was the substitution, So uh, Anis Bermetti, um and Fred Onyedimna came on, um, and you know, and, and just you know suddenly Birmingham couldn't cope with the speed um, of Fred, of Scott Cash-Kett, um of Darrell Horgan, you know, re- really, really fast, um, and those three uh, around Bayo, and then with Anis Mameti as well, who just, you know, slightly creates havoc, really, wherever he is on the pitch, the, the opposition just couldn't deal with him, he is going to be some star one day, and you know, and everybody seems to be saying that in the club, that, you know, yeah, we, we've managed to land a really good player there.
1: There there's a key save from Ryan Orsop and Joe Jacobson uh, had a good, good free kick as well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, JJ again was, you know, particularly in the first half was was fantastic. Was at the, you know, the centre of a lot of what Wickham were doing. Um, and, and not only set pieces, he had this fantastic run into the penalty area, um, uh, which Phil Catchpole who was sitting near me. Uh, compared to John Barnes in the Maracanã, uh, and it was a little bit like that. Unfortunately, with with not quite the same end, so it did end up going just wide. But if JJ had scored, it it would have been one of the championship goals of the season. Alone, Wickham's goal of the season,
1: and all the drama at the end, and all the drama
2: at the end as well. Uh, you know, I, I that throughout the whole second half, and I was trying not to jinx it because I have thought these sort of thoughts in so many of the other games where it hasn't then gone our way. But definitely, it looked like the sort of game that we would steal a point, and, and you were thinking, you know, yeah, I, I can see, I can see maybe that there is a goal coming, and it's going to come for us, and you know, and we're going to hang on, and we're going to get a, you know an away point, and we're all going to be delighted. Um, and so the fact that then actually we managed to get a winner
1: was just you know was out of this world. And uh, again, you spoke to uh, Richard Dobson after that game.
2: Yes, yeah, uh, had a chat to, to uh, Dobbo um, and just you know uh, asked him for his general thoughts on the game. Dobbo, that was that was wonderful. And for all of us that have seen so many of the Wiccan games this season, you know, it, it's no surprise because we knew that actually we were better than everyone
3: was saying that we were. Yes, yeah. We, we've, we've certainly grown into the level and um, uh, we're showing that we're, we're more than competitive at this level. I, I thought second half tonight, we were the better side. We deserve to go on and get the win. And, um, you know, we, we've been saying to the boys all season, you know, uh, so far, you're, you're capable of playing at this level. You've got to believe it. And um, some of them are making a real good transition from sort of lower league players into championship players in a very, very short space of time, which I'm delighted with. I mean, what, what's amazing as well is that actually how the players that were there last season
2: and even some of the players that were with us in League Two have grown into the championship. They look, um, you
3: know, alongside players like Dennis Adena um, uh, and, you know, j- just like they belong. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? I mean, you look at the stories and people like Curtis Thompson, who, who Notts County felt he wasn't good enough for them, and, and look at the way he's playing at championship football now. You know, I'm delighted for these boys that have, have come back after disappointment and um, and are now proven everybody else wrong. But that's what this club is all about you know and we give people opportunities it's up to them if they want to take it and our boys have taken it with aplomb
2: I thought we were, you know, we competed throughout, uh, but definitely it changed when you made the substitutions. Uh, You know, Anis was fantastic and Fred as well.
3: Yes, yeah. I just felt we needed a little bit more quality in that final third. You know, we were getting opportunities to get the ball into that final third, but um, uh, at times it wasn't sticking. Uh, And and Fred obviously brings us that. He's got great ability 1v1 in the final third. And I think we got the ball up to him and and he kept it for us and and gave us a a little bit of a platform around the edge of the box. Um, Anis is going to be a really, really really good player I really like him and uh, you know I've obviously worked with a lot of young players over the years but this lad's got something about him that I think is is quite special uh, and I think he's going to develop into a really good player for this football club Um, uh, and so you know pleased to to give him plenty of game time tonight and I think we saw glimpses of what he's capable of Uh, Tell us what Gareth said to you uh, during the game or afterwards? After the game. After the game, uh, he, he's, he's over the moon. He's delighted again, you know. So for him, he's watching it and it, it must be tough because you know, watching it and not being able to to influence it is, it, you know, he'll be kicking himself at, at home. He'll be desperate to get back out here as soon as he can. Um, but yeah, he's, he's happy and I said to him, you know, I've got to speak quickly because I've got to do the interviews. I'll give you a call on, a, on the bus and when everything's settled down, we'll, we'll have a chat.
2: I mean, you know, he, he kicks every ball when he's standing on the, the touchline. I can't imagine what he must be like at home particularly presumably when he's being told that he's not allowed to do those things at the moment
3: yeah I'm hoping Don has tied him tied him down at home and, uh, and kept him still because you're right you know he's headed so many balls and he's kicked me twice last season he's actually kicked me as he's trying to put, kick a pretend ball on the touchline and, and apologised a couple of times so I'm going to have to start wearing shin pads on the touchline I think when he's back
2: He's very honest, Richard Thompson. <laughs> and he also he puts images in your mind that actually you possibly would never have thought of before. Um, uh, and I, you know, I, was, I, was, I was so pleased and so excited to speak to him that I've actually forgot Dennis Dindran's name for a moment as well, which was slightly embarrassing, uh, but, but very good to hear from him. Um, afterwards, I also spoke to Scott Kashkate, um, who, of course, got the equaliser last night.
4: Scottie, very good to get the win, another win what we deserved. Um, watching the ball hit the net... And then looking at the clock and seeing 90th minute, it was like, oh, i just proud of all the boys. Another win at seven points in the last three games and just we want to carry on this form.
2: Uh, tell us about your goal. So so Fred's shot, did it deflect off your, your leg
4: or, or was that definitely a shot from you? Yeah, um, so Fred's come in, shot, and I do a lot of work with Dubbo when the ball's going across the goal where we where I want to position myself in between the two defenders and he's hit it and it was sort of in my path, stretched out caught part of my leg and went in so definitely meant it and I don't really care how it goes in they all count don't they it's a yeah and it's definitely one of yours um,
2: it was a fantastic performance um, you know in, in the first half and in the beginning of the second you competed really really well uh, and then the substitutions really changed the game for Wickham
4: yeah so Anis is young and I don't think he plays the age he is and he's going to have a great career ahead of him but I think Fred absolutely changed the game just with his pace and how we ran the defender, so very good. So with the boy they just played, obviously going to be a bit tired, and then bringing a fresh leg and just shows how the strength of the squad. People tired, fresh legs come on and make a massive impact. Yeah, and I mean Birmingham couldn't cope with you. Um, to be fair, I, I was on the pitch, so <laughs> it that's how it looked to me. Slightly, di- <laughs> slightly different view, but. Referees aren't really helping us at the moment, but I think it just showed the strength of our squad, of our team. The boys on the pitch, who everything's against them, and we're still fighting, fighting, and now the result's are starting to turn for us. Tell us sort of
2: what happened when the final whistle went, and then also the celebrations in the dressing room afterwards. So the
4: final whistle went, and we won. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, um, and I think it was like a relief of the always a relief, one goal. And you just want that final still to go, especially with a late goal. Um, we had a little team huddle, like, Bayo said a couple words. We're going to stick together no matter what the results are. And then in there, everyone of the tired, but a little bit of dancing, a little bit of singing, and then off now we've got the trip home.
1: Fantastic! That's what you want after a game—a little bit of dancing, a little bit of singing.
2: It really is. I found it interesting his response to 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 my um, point that you know it, it actually well, after those substitutions you were all over them because very much that's how it looked from you know from where I was sitting. But interesting that clearly actually as a player it, you know you have a completely different view of it um, you know and uh, although Scott didn't say oh you know no it was still tough or whatever that uh, that I think is really what he was implying um, and yeah j- just different you know interesting how. Difference the perceptions can be whether you're watching or whether you're actually playing in
1: the game. Still to come on the Wickham Wanderer show this week, we'll hear from uh, Chief Financial Officer Pete Kuig and uh, Manager Gareth Ainsworth chats to Matt Cecil as well.
0: This is Wickham
1: Sound. Welcome back to part two of the Wicked Wanderer show and we were both lucky enough to uh, speak to Pete Kuig earlier this week and uh, this came about after you. Um, this collared him too strong a word? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I was very impressed um, to
2: see when I left Adams Park on Saturday um, at about five past six. It was cold, it was chilly um, and there was this guy um, basically sort of like lugging big bags of what I assume was football kit into the back of a van um, and th- 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 as I walked past I realised it was Pete Kuig. Um, and so we had a chat, and I did say, look, I'm so impressed that you're doing this. Um, and he was just, you know, so, sort of very much like, well, you know, he's a hands-on guy. Uh, so I then said, well, look, will you come in and speak to us on the Wicked Wonder show? Um, and so he came in on Monday afternoon.
5: I think he probably caught me... Uh maybe lugging one bag too you know I, it, it was probably a little bit of good timing <laughs> but uh y- y- you know that's just how we were going to be we're going to be hands-on i think most um most american investor groups that have come over to england to purchase football clubs um with a few only a few exceptions uh have invested passively rather than active management and um when rob and i did Started discussing how we were going to do that. One of the reasons it worked is, you know, I had sold a company. I was in a little bit of a midlife retirement, and you know, was a- available to actually manage the business and, and help run the business and, and live in it. It's just, and it's, and it's also part of how we've just run every every business I've ever been involved with. Even the leaders of an organization got to get their hands dirty. You know, um, some of the great stories about Wickham that that really knew we were buying into the right club were, you know, reading in that you know Gareth and. Don and, and nobody's nobody at our club is afraid to do any bit of work that's 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 required to be done. We probably have the fewest number, we definitely have the fewest number of employees of any championship football club and probably most League 1 clubs and so everybody wears a lot of hats and um, in order to get everything done everybody's got to pitch in,
2: for sure. And, you know, Gareth says it time and again, we're Wiccan Wanderers, we do things differently and it's wonderful that that goes completely through the club. That's right. For sure. Yeah, no, we are very impressed and, and very grateful as well.
1: And his positivity as well is something that's really come across in this in this period of, of games that a win. It must have been so so beneficial and something that you've noticed even in, obviously in your in your time at the club as well
5: yeah no doubt um i, I think i 've told Bob before uh and, and rob 's definitely mentioned it Rob and i and and uh i 'm pretty sure Koig means optimistic and irish uh, you know um we're we 're among the m- more optimistic people you could you would ever meet um, Gareth is uh equal uh to that as well um and you really the team went through a tough spell, you know we lost. I uh, was at six on the bounce, um, and n- the entire team from from player one to player thirty two I think at this point, the staff, nobody on the other side, no one lost confidence um, you know and in fact uh, the level uh, you know the the way that the boys have played uh, really raised people 's confidence, which is kind of weird, but you know this is our first year in the championship takes a little bit of time to find your footing. I think the boys found it very quickly and honestly should have had results earlier than we did. But told Alex Samuel earlier today, you know, my confidence yesterday is nearly exactly the same as it was a a week ago. Just because how well the boys had been playing, you know, you, you just knew the results were going to come. So I'm not going to say we got all the calls that went our way. I think there might have been a pin or two that could have been called on Saturday and given us a little bit more breathing room, but boys took care of business. And it was so deserved as well. I mean, particularly after,
2: say, the Norwich game, I interviewed Gareth after that, and I really, you know, I was fuming, and I wondered what I would find. um, You know, and Gareth is amazing because he was still, you know, sort of like bouncing around, and you know, he was still so positive despite what we'd been through and despite the last-minute
5: defeat. Why? Why wouldn't he be? Uh, You know, it took a terrible call to beat us, and the team that we were playing, we were away at a Premier League team. You know, they have been bouncing back and forth between the Premier League and the championship for several years now. Uh, The amount of money that they have to spend because of parachute payments when they drop, uh, and then the Premier League money when they make it. Norwich has invested a lot of money into their facilities and into their squad. And so to to watch our boys not just compete Mm, against them, but really to be at the end of the 90 minutes, every single person... Was disappointed that we didn't get that we didn't get at least one point, point. and so to do that against a, a, a quality opponent like a Norwich can give you confidence, even in a loss, for sure.
1: It must be so pleasing as well that the players that you've been able to bring in during the during the summer as well in the close season the transfer window
5: yeah uh once again gareth and dabo did uh and the entire team did um phenomenal work and there was a new addition we brought sam grace on to bring some younger guys in who were already making an impact on the squad yeah it it was phenomenal work uh over the last couple few months Um, we did a lot of prep work march april may sort of scenario planning for what we would do andrew has been a tremendous help uh andrew we brought andrew howard in uh, again to work with uh gareth dabo rob and i on basically the squad management and and helping a to to bring players in uh andrew did great work um very efficient working with the agents and the players um uh that will fill out our 25 person um squad for the championship through january we've recently put uh, a couple of the young guys out on loan who are already doing very well curtis anderson has uh had two wins i think last week um malachi got in this weekend and so uh it's been really awesome to watch the development of this squad from I think there were, you know, maybe 11 or 12 players on the squad when I got here last July and now we're at 32 33 and the the quality has improved drastically over the year, and most of the team are guys that were there last year too. I mean, you you look at the growth of some of our players from last year to this year uh, has been phenomenal. I mean, Curtis Thompson has been an absolute monster the last few few matches. Scotty Cashkett just yeah. scores goals when yeah. you know when he <laughs> at, at every level. So um, he and so seeing, look, I, really? and I got to tell you this, Bayo the last couple of days, last couple of matches, we all thought that he would have an impact in the championship. To me it almost he's almost more effective in the championship against these center halves than the league one league two guys historically who who may have had to put up. there's nobody like Bayo, but had to put up with similar type players rather than you know the typical championship forward so to see him out there man collecting the ball and dishing it off these past couple of matches man he's been a wizard up top so good to see that happening yeah, it, it has been, you know,
2: and, and exactly as you say, I think Bayo could probably do a job in the Premier League because he's that good at, you know, at bringing the ball down, laying it off. He's a fantastic footballer it, and doesn't nearly get enough credit actually for
5: that. I agree. One of the funny jokes that, that gets, you know, that he that he says is that I don't have I don't have good touch for a big man. I got good touch. Yeah. You know, and he really does. Uh, I don't know anybody that really has better touch collecting a ball I mean he can basically catch it with his chest and then you know his feet and just dishing it off with his back to the goal you know we we created two or three or four chances on Saturday so uh, to me our team is a lot of fun to watch and I know we get Everybody wants to play ticky-tacky and watch their center oh, halves no. pass it back and forth a thousand times. To me, that's Not the most boring. Everybody st- wants to watch that. I, they do. They claim they do. You know. You know. know. Uh, it's you know but uh, you know, every after that match on Saturday, everybody's looking at the stats, and I can promise you, we feel proud Absolutely. when we win with less than thirty percent possession, especially because we are creating chances left and right up top, and we play exciting football. Yeah. And the go- the game, maybe some you know, people prefer to watch center halves pass it back and forth but that's not us you don't get ruled on artistic merit in football you
2: get ruled <laughs> on the number of goals you score and we score goals correct you know, we, we deserve correct. where we are definitely uh you mentioned uh, a little bit with regards to say development of the the stadium how is that going and also what are your plans for you know you've only just got your feet really under the
5: desk and then fans obviously were taken away what what are the plans for when the fans are back Well, we had a fully formulated plan. There had already been some test events all over the U.S., I mean, all over the U.K. (laughs) There had been test events all over the place. Everybody in the football pyramid had come up with COVID-friendly plans and a way to allocate a certain number of seats given the restrictions. That was kind of pulled off the table last minute. Uh, It was really painful because we were on the precipice of having supporters back in. And so to get that pull back was very frustrating. On another level, because we have so much work going on around the stadium, it's probably helped us get some of that stuff done hopefully sooner rather than later at a little bit quicker pace. But what it also does is that it puts us more in alignment with when the digital infrastructure project will be finalized, will Proceed when supporters are let let back in the stadium, and and that digital infrastructure is going to solve a lot of the problems that we've had historically with the ticketing software, the turnstiles. It's going to it's going to make that a whole lot easier now that everybody can be scanned in. I'm sure you've heard we've got a hundred new display screens all over the stadium. I know everybody's been a little frustrated over the last. 10, 15, 20 years, that when they go into the suites, the uh, TVs are possibly 20, 25 years old and don't necessarily, like most of our TVs, I don't think you can actually see the score in the corner because they're all (laughs) analog and the world is digital now. So the screens are going up, they're almost, uh, and we need the digital infrastructure to be finalized to be able to deliver all of the, all the channels we have. I I think historically we've only been able to choose between four channels. Now we're actually going to have all of them, um, which would be fantastic. Make it a lot better for people to show up early, watch the early matches, stay late, watch late matches, and sort of enjoy a day out at Adams Park instead of getting in your car and getting mad at the traffic. So anything we can do on that front. Uh, getting closer to the light, the fourth pylon getting installed. One more special little surprise that we actually started installing today that will hopefully be up, that will be up before the next match. So there'll be something for everybody to look forward to there. Any plans for any tailgate parties? Because clearly you're from a bit of the world that does that very well. Uh, Yeah, you know, Chair Boys Village was getting there last year and we spent a tremendous amount of time and have, have been working on plans for a new, much bigger, much better Chair Boys Village for everybody to congregate before the matches because one of the things that's limited people from getting here early historically have been last year we had some tents. It wasn't much space, so if the weather was a little bit shady, it wasn't a good idea to come. But it's going to be a much bigger, expanded version. Well, when we choose to build it, because, uh, you know, when Boris canceled fans coming back in, that was really a moment where we had to consider... We got two different budgets approved, basically one was no fans in, one was fans come in to the twenty five hundred level, and so considering we've taken season taken money in, we don't know how much refunds are it happened two weeks with the window uh, in the window, and so a we had to look at you know what funds we had available to sign players and b the funds that we had dedicated towards certain projects around Adams park and the training ground and so chair Boys village which is obviously being built for fans and attendance is on i'm not going to say hold but it's not like we're pushing the pedal to the metal trying to get it done as quickly as possible though i do think we are you know we're optimists again right so we'd like to have that done before the 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 early spring which is hopefully when 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 folks get back in into the stadium and i, I really think we're probably nearing on A full year's worth of numbers, I think, over the next couple, three months. Part of my background is statistics as it is applied to public policy. And so the more historical, actual data that we're looking at, I think, I don't think, it will provide people who want to put in place cohesive, extensive plans for a variety of businesses taking into account what those businesses have done to prepare themselves for existing in the environment versus just these broad-based shut-everything-down. Mm-hmm. Like, they shut golf courses down, you know? And golf clubs have spent six months preparing themselves and done very well. Like, in two months, they came up with, a, with game plans on how to provide golf under COVID restrictions, and 3 or 4 months of activity doing so and and so i think hopefully that, the data will lead to better policy yeah. and i think it will and I think,
2: without wishing to go into all of the politics of it, I think it's frustrating for fans in this country because we, you know, we can see our, our friends across the Atlantic—they're they're watching NFL games, they're watching the World Series—and um, you know, in Europe as well, some some fans are being allowed in, whereas here we have this mad thing as we had at Carrow Road, where fans were being allowed in to watch in a lounge but weren't actually allowed to watch <coughs> out in the open air. Uh, you're absolutely right with regards to golf courses as well. You know, how on earth is that not being allowed at the moment? That just seems crazy. Um, so, yeah, it, you know, it's frustrating for for everyone. And it's almost as if everybody in, in football, because, you know, even Norwich, to be fair, had to let fans in. They knew it was crazy as well. Yeah. You know, everybody in football knows that it's a mad thing what's going on. And yet the government doesn't seem to see it.
5: Agree. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just uh, and, and look, I definitely realize that politicians right now are in a very hard spot, very difficult spot. I would just rather see them be more proactive rather than reactive. You know, this is a terrible situation, but terrible situations like this provide for the greatest teachable moments that we can have. And so we just need to keep looking at the data, learning from what we've seen in reality, and adapting our lives to living with this until a vaccine is successful.
1: So what can you tell us about, if this is the right word, how the club is coping financially you know, without fans coming in?
5: Well, we've been extremely fortunate because moving from League One to Championship, um, our turnover via the league has increased substantially. would have increased even more so had we had you know, 10,000-person crowds at Adams Park, 1,000, 2,000 people going to away matches every week. It would have been the greatest year in, in Wickham Wanderer's history. It still is, but it's a little bit thinner than you would... We expect it, but we're dealing with it. And and we knew, and one of the reasons that that we went with the player budget that we agreed to was that we knew we needed to be very financially stable. And this year, just because of the uncertainties out there, you know, everybody talks about clubs going out of business. We're not going to go out of business. I hope everybody survives, but... If the doomsayers are correct, that might not happen. And so if it gives us an advantage just to be financially stable this year, that's why we did it. Also... We have a lot of faith in our in our boys, and and the guys that that got us this promotion last year are the ones that deserve to play this year. Now we've definitely added to the squad, and there's some new got new faces that are really helping out. Um, but the core of our team was the core of the team last year, so that was a little bit of an advantage uh, as far as us being able to come into this year, not having to spend the kind of money that that teams normally do going from League One to the Championship. We're still at a massive disadvantage. There's, you know, Watford. Uh, their player wage budget is ten times ours. Not sure what Sheffield Wednesday's was, but I'm almost certain it was significantly more than ours. But it's it, it's like uh, you know, after watching football for so long, and especially the FA Cup and the Cup Mat and the League Cup and all that stuff, is that. You constantly see teams from League One, League Two, League One pushing championship teams, pushing Premier League teams. And so there is a bigger gap financially between us and the top teams of the championship than there is talent-wise. And so there's not a person involved in Wickham Wanderers who doesn't believe that we can, on our day, we can beat any team in this league. And we all feel confident that over the 46 matches, we've got a damn good shot at staying up.
2: And I think the one of the huge things that Wickham has, probably more than any other team, is that belief, and that's what Gareth brings to it. Um, and also just the fact that we keep getting written off by the media, you know, at every season, you know, we're, we're favourites to go down, it doesn't matter what league we're in, uh, and that just plays to our advantage.
5: You know, after uh, woke up Wednesday morning last week, I thought to myself, huh, we may be favourites this weekend. And I yeah. looked up the odds, and sure enough, we—you know—it was three to one. Wick, Wickham win paid three to one, and we were not favorites. And that was a massive six-pointer between the two bottom teams. And um, I was almost glad we weren't a favorite because I love being an underdog. Have been my entire life, and I like proving people wrong. And everybody involved on the, from Gareth, through everybody, that's what they do. That's what we did last year. That's what we did last Tuesday. That's what we did Saturday. And that's what we're going to do the rest of the year. And just finally, what's your
1: main message, if you like, to to supporters?
5: Enjoy every second of this. Make the best of it as you can. I know it's not as enjoyable as going to all of these matches, as going to the away matches. Keep the faith, really, more than anything. A, keep the faith in our boys that they can do the job. And keep the faith that we're going to be back. Coming from Louisiana, I keep remembering back to 2005 when Katrina hit, and just it was a couple of years later, that first match, that first New Orleans Saints game in the Superdome after Katrina. I get goosebumps every time I think about it, just the joy that it brought to the entire town. And it's one of the reasons why both Rob and I are so adamant that we need to keep football going. We need fans back in undercoat because it provides buoyancy for the population you know we need some hope and sports music plays everything we do together as people helps us and so the most difficult thing over the last year is the separation from community and so i want that back bad and the club have been so good just
2: in the last few days with regards to the the, the school meals and and giving the, the the free takeaway food, you know that that again that's been a wonderful thing that you guys have done.
5: Yeah, born from a conversation between David Wheeler and and Rob, uh, kind of got pushed forward a, just a little bit in the into the Neil on Neil's desk and Neil and Will and everybody else around the office. And we made that happen in five days maybe uh had pretty good take up at the club and then were able to do a lot of deliveries uh around town yeah it's just uh you know yet another one of those examples of how special folks are with this club very great
1: to hear from uh uh, i was gonna say bob but that's you yes uh pete thank you very much
2: pete for for coming in that was really really good of him uh and just goes to show that actually if you approach someone in the car park and say hey do you fancy giving on wickham sound uh, then then you know then that's that's the way to go and arrange future interviews
1: i think if we take nothing more away from this show <laughs> <laughs> than is, that,
2: is that how you get all of the old players the all the ex-players you sort of like stalk them and then approach them when they're in like sainsbury's car park or something saying hey do you fancy coming on the, the, the Wickham
1: Wanderers show? I'd rather not say. Okay. Love music, love talk, love Wickham sound. <laughs> Final part of the Wickham Wanderers uh, show. I almost forgot what the program was called then, that was a worry. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> what's it called I know what it's called what's it about it's uh, about the Wickham Wonders. Uh, it is yes. club that's entirely. what it says on the tin it's one of those shows why <laughs> so, uh, went back there uh, final part of what's this uh, so uh, still to come what is still to come oh um, we'll, we'll preview Nottingham Forest
2: yeah previewing Nottingham Forest we'll hear from uh, Dovo and Scott Kashkett, uh before the Nottingham Forest game um, but right now we're going to hear from uh, the gaffer himself uh matt Cecil called up with him yesterday um which was on the Wicked wanderers website uh, and they very kindly uh allowed us to use it
6: morning gaffer how are you doing good morning how's it going you okay
1: yeah i'm all right but the more to the point how are you how are you feeling
6: uh yeah yeah still in a little bit of uh discomfort mate you know it was uh it's quite a big up um on the friday but um yeah the win on saturday made made me feel a lot better and, and obviously uh I've been in constant contact with Dobbo um, and the boy who's got my programme off off uh, Kean to, uh for the rehab. Um, but yeah, um, in considering what's happened, uh, yeah, great spirits and, and looking forward to getting back as soon as I possibly can.
1: Yeah, the last time we saw you, you were walking um, rather difficultly off the pitch after that draw against Watford. Talk us through then the next
6: few days for you. Yeah. You're on I mean, your operation table and not at the game. Yeah, uh, people have got to uh, not ignore back pain because I ignored mine for a little bit. You know, I, I've uh, I've always been active and and I've always had a, like a little twinge in my back now and again. And uh, and on Tuesday, I'm feeling great. I ran up the stairs at the training ground actually, just buzzing because we had Watford on TV and and I, I knew how we were playing. I was springing my spe- uh, step as always, and as I ran up the stairs, felt something pop in my back. Um, and yeah, probably the realisation of actually uh, I'm not 25 years old footballer anymore. I'm uh, I'm in my my forties, and uh, and yeah, the the back pain just initially came on, and and people saw me that night. Uh, I was struggling. Uh, I was I was gingerly walking around, uh, but obviously I wanted to be there for the boys, and and I thought again we played superbly. I think if I'm being honest, I think we played. So well in the last four games, Sheffield may have been the the the, the least of our performances out of those four games. But <clears throat> obviously, we deserved the win out of across the Reading and the Norwich and the Watford. You know, playing so well. So uh, you know, your you, your mind's off the your mind's on the game. Your mind's off the pain, and and it, I suppose adrenaline got me through. Um, you know, I went for a scan the next day on the back, and they 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 pulled me in and said, "Look, you you're going to need surgery on this. This is a mess." Um, your your disc has collapsed in into your spinal cord and um and it's not looking great you know so we talked about epidural and I said I'm a football manager. I don't want to be out of work I don't want to be out for a period of time and uh, and it was you know there was talk of an injection maybe to get me through blah blah blah, blah. anyway the upshot is on Thursday night uh, you know the, the disc could probably slip so far into it that i was uh, I was in a right mess a real a real mess you know and, and it's not like me at all. Um and yeah it was uh it was uh, hospital, a hospital job uh another scan and as soon as they saw the scan on the friday morning they they took me in for surgery within six hours you know i was i was under under the knife because they had to remove this disc that was uh that was going onto this cord that, that could have caused some permanent damage so it was uh yeah it was it was absolutely a testament to our our medical services in this country, and you know, I can't thank them enough uh you know whether it's you know, people who work in the private sector, but the NHS sector, wow, they have, they have looked after me. Um, no end, you know, I was lucky to have our club, one of our club doctors, Carl Wolfen, <laughs> works out of the Royal Box at Reading, and, and so it was nice to see a friendly face, but, um, yeah, uh, the amount of painkillers I was on, I can't, I don't really remember too much about it, but, uh, but yeah, just wanted to get home then, watch the game in hospital, as we all know, and, um, and yeah, we will put a smile on my face, probably, probably boosted me and got me home a bit earlier. But I've got a I've got a strict instructions from both doctors and Rob Cooy, who rang me up to say stay at home rather than anything else. He said we need you. We need, we're gonna need your energies this season. So make sure you're 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 following doctors orders. Um so yeah, gonna gonna be definitely out for tonight. Um we'll see about Saturday. But um you know it's uh, it's, it's gonna be uh, sort of uh, a good couple of months before I start getting feeling back in this, in this leg with the, with the nerves and, and the, uh, and the, you know, what's happened. So, but yeah, if anyone's got back pain, can not ignore it, have a look at it because uh, it can can turn nasty at the, uh, at the run of the stairs, you know? So it was, uh, yeah. But I mean, like I say, I can't thank our NHS enough and, uh, you know, I know we clap them for the COVID stuff, but you, it's moments like that that you really realise that we are, uh, we do live in a great country and a, and a fantastic place where they they look after you if, if there's any emergencies. So great and uh, and once more the the comments from the fans the the you know I'm not on social media but I do get I do get told a lot about them and uh, and so thank you to everyone who's commented and, and well wished me because uh, it's been uh, it's been a tough few days but I'm really looking forward to the game tonight. I'll be on. I follow like many of you, screaming at the TV. Um, and uh I'll be in constant contact with Josh Hart on an analyst. My phone will be on the whole game and, and uh like I was Saturday, you know, I I'm, I'm Josh is a, a direct link to Dobbo on the touchline as well. Um uh, you should notice Dobbo's got the earpiece in. So uh we're in constant contact and uh and yeah, it's uh, it's great to see the boys really competing. We can and we will compete at this level without a shadow of a doubt. Um, and I firmly believe we we will stay up. So Really looking forward to that. but um, Yeah, just will to see me on the line for at least one more game. The
1: boys were on the best behaviour on Saturday, though, with Dobbo. And you and must have been so pleased for him because he's somebody who, who normally stays under the radar, doesn't really get the limelight. Um, and, you know, as gutting as it was for everyone that you weren't there to see our first championship victory, it was quite sweet, I, th- I think, for Dobbo, who's been here for so many years, um, to, be the boys leading, uh,
6: to be the one leading the boys on the day. Listen, I, I think that people over the years have always noticed that when we talk about who is in charge? We always say we. We always say we as a team because I, I could not. I could not be anything without first Richard Dobson, David Waits, Kieran Doherty. That that four has been together. I mean, throughout we are so tight. You know, we've been through all the all the successes we've had. I, I, I cannot say how much that they, they they've put into that. And then you add in the rest of the staff: your Josh, you 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 Sam's, and, and you know. Ki- uh, Ali and Isaac, you know, and Steve, the kit man, I don't want to miss anyone out in, in, in that, uh, in that Ben Sayers. We're such a tight staff. and when we when we talk about we, we, we mean we, you know, and, and it's not, um, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm the lucky one sometimes or maybe the unlucky one sometimes that has to be at the front of it all, but it's uh, it's a real team effort and me and Dobbo have been together from the day of when Gary left. We, we, we sort of had a chat that weekend saying, look, uh, we don't know what's going to happen. If it's you, I'll back you. If it's if it's me, you'll back me. And 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 we've stayed like that throughout. And and I couldn't have a better number two. Honestly, I could not have a better number two. I, I, I've got the best number two in the in the football league. He's the he's one of the best coaches I've I've seen as a footballer. He's one of the best coaches double without a shadow of a doubt. He's uh, he's very astute. He knows exactly what I want and puts it into footballing terms for the boys to understand on training pitch. Um, he's magnificent with the set pieces, you know, what we do. Um, and and he, it's funny because I rang Josh up on Saturday and I said, Josh, the midfield looked really leggy. I said, Dennis looks a little bit leggy. I said, he's a young lad, he's played a lot of games. And within 12 minutes, I think Dobbo had changed him in the second half. And I rang Josh and Josh said, yeah, I didn't tell Dobbo. He said, but he's done it anyway. I said, so, I mean, that, those kind of things are like that that's what we see together. We both see the same things and, and I'd have done exactly the same substitutions a Double. You know, I am still in constant contact with him. We're FaceTiming every day. At the tactics board on FaceTime the other day and we're talking about how we're gonna to play tonight. You know, so picking the team I'm still I'm still in and and, and the tactics. But it's never just me. It's all, there's always opinions. It's always it's always me who makes the final decision if there's an argument or if there's a if there's a debate. I'll always make that final decision. But usually we're all on the same page. We're all because we know what we are we know how we play we know what players we've got in the squad and what they're capable of usually we are we're really aligned in what we're thinking myself double and josh are huge on the tactics you know we we uh, we really work hard and uh, I've I've got to watch a lot more of Birmingham than I probably usually would as well which is good so again I've I've, I've given some uh, some insight in what I think tonight um so, yeah, win, lose, or draw, it's us together. And, you know, lose, I- I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, you know, because that- that's me as the manager. Win, I love everyone taking it. Go for it. You know, it's great. It- it's, uh, it's a team effort, and I love seeing the smiles on their faces. And, uh, and it's brilliant. It's going to be great to see him tonight again. And uh, and I'll be bringing double this afternoon. I'll let him have a little light-in, because I know he's got, a- he's got a late night tonight. But um, I'll be there with him. Don't worry about that. We signed Gareth McCleary from uh, Reading. So... Uh, Gareth was a, was non-contract um, he was a free agent which was great so there was again there was no real major panic towards the end of the window we had Gareth in the bag we had a couple of other players as well who wanted, but Gareth um, came in trained showed just how fit he still is and what he can contribute and this, this guy's played um, Premier League he's played a lot of Championship games but more importantly as well Gareth has played at some of the lower levels as well he knows some of the boys. He he knows how to dig in. Uh, he's a voice. He's going to be a leader, um, and he'll say how it is, Gareth. You know, I think he's I think he's going to be a huge asset to us. Um, Thirty three years old, so the bit, bit of that experience that we're going to need. Um, and he's admitted he's not match fit yet. You know, he's going to need a couple of weeks because he hasn't he hasn't played. He was uh, he was in and out at Reading last season, but the way he conducted himself when he was out the team was just superb. And it's the Wickham way. He, he fits Wickham. Um, so yeah, Gareth here to the end of the season.
1: Great, great to have some um, some insight from from the. Uh, I was going to say the hospital bed, but it's not really. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, no, it wasn't quite from there. Uh, but also really, you know, really interesting. Um, lovely to hear Gareth speaking about Dobbo. Um, you know, in, in quite such uh, you know complimentary um, terms, uh, and how very much you know they are a, a team.
1: And you can hear from when you spoke to him earlier, and when you speak to him in a minute, that, that he comes across so well, and, and he's got you know everything so sorted out, if you like.
2: Yeah, and I think it's very reassuring to know that actually, you know, if something ever like this happens again, that we've got such a good you know assistant manager just ready to you know to, to step up.
1: And strange to think that the next game is against Nottingham Forest as well.
2: Yes, yes, former European champions, <laughs> Nottingham Forest. Uh, you know, j- j- just a, a small team uh, up in the Midlands. Um, but obviously, yeah, you know, it, it is going to be a big game. Um, I did speak to um, uh, Dobbo after the game last night. I uh, did ask him about uh, the fact that we will be facing such a, a big team as Nottingham Forest on Saturday.
3: A, a terrific club with great history but history is exactly that that's in the past now and, and now there's two teams in the same division going to go toe to toe there's absolutely no reason why we can't go there and, and, and upset them again um, you know I, I want the boys to be excited about these challenges but certainly not overawed you know this is a, a wonderful adventure for this football club but certainly one that we can um, we can take head on and um, you know we've got a Wick and Wanderers team full of belief now going into that game and uh, will Gareth be next to you, possibly in danger of kicking you again on Saturday? <laughs> I'm hoping so, yeah. Um, whether or not it's, it's on the touchline or, or in the stand, we'll have to see. You know, we, we, we can't rush him too quickly. He's had a, a fairly major operation there. So, we, we, you know, we need to be careful with him. Um, but I'm happy to do whatever's needed of me in the meantime. And, and the quicker he gets back um, and healthy again, the better.
1: Fantastic to see, as you say The the management team working so well uh, Both together and separately Yeah, uh, you know, it it, it is
2: really nice You do get the impression that, yeah They are very much, you know, together They are a team They are, you know, a partnership Um, And, yeah, you know, we are in good hands Throughout the the entire club I think that's the the thing that you can get From today's uh, episode of the Wiccan Wanderer show We're lucky that we've got Pete Kuhig And the Kuhig family in charge We're lucky that we've got Gareth Mdobo In charge of the team
1: And also really lucky that the club does things Like providing... Meals yeah. that are free uh, yeah. in the for the community as well. Absolutely. Takes the um, League One champions winning trophy, Champions playoff, Championship playoff winning trophy to to. to Houses of people that can't get to it, all sorts of things like yeah,
2: that yeah the the whole thing is, is just wonderful uh, you know re- really interesting to hear from David Wheeler who very much is not your stereotyped footballer if you know what I mean uh, and the fact that I- in that chat that we had he talks about politics and he talks about you know morally doing the right thing again that's not something that actually you hear hear lots and lots of footballers talking about uh, so you know brilliant there as
1: well that you know that we've got somebody like that in our team and fantastic to get those uh, so things ticked if you like you got first away win yeah. or first goal obviously first. Uh first point then home win, then away win.
2: Yeah, I, you know, and I don't really think there's anything left now, unless you then start thinking about oh, well, you know, first championship hat trick, or you know, <laughs> first first time that we win five nil in the championship. Well, you know, I think let, let's just you know, we, we've ticked all of the things off now. We can now just concentrate on having a decent season. Uh, Nottingham Forest, you know, it, it won't be easy. Clearly, uh, it is an away game, but they also haven't had a very good start. Um, and so, uh, only two
1: points above us aren't they um, on the table?
2: Indeed, yes. So, so currently, two points above us. Uh, they've won two, um, drawn three, lost five. Uh, Chris Hutton, who we thought possibly would have a very positive effect, you know, hasn't it hasn't really been the case. So they they did quite well in his first two games, but have struggled since then. Um, And uh, as I think I've already said once today on Wickham Sound, uh, we we currently do have if you just take the last two games, uh, we we have the joint best record in the division uh, because there is only ourselves and Queen's Park Rangers who have won the last two games.
1: A very positive time to be following the club. There's a real, there's a real sense in there that a, t- a corner's been turned and we've sort of got our feet under the table in the Championship now.
2: Yeah, we're, we're comfortable now. We know what we're doing. We know what we're about. And, yeah, you know, I think the, the results will come.
1: Thank you very much for listening. Join us next week at the same time. There is a podcast available as well, which you can find in the usual podcast places uh, as well. Again, thank you very much for listening and uh, enjoy the week.
2: And thank you to Pete and to Matt Cecil as well for arranging it all.
0: National and international news on 106.6 FM. This is Wickham